they almost hit me in the face. <laughs> nice. Um, so like I've been eating, like I'll forget to eat or I've been eating. I have a very like nothing sounds good to me, but and I haven't really been hungry, but I've been like not really caring about what I put into my body. Yeah. And I'm wondering if the, I thought that was just because I'm unpacking and I'm like going a mile a minute and nesting. But I also think you're right. Like yesterday I got I sat on the couch until 12, 1230 just listening to the news. Yeah. Like I'm polarized. I haven't been listening to the I, the only thing I do. I took the social media apps off my phone. Um, the only thing I keep doing is I just go to Google and I have election results 2020 just open and I just refresh it and I just keep looking and being like, God, can we just can we just call this for Biden yet, please? I hope uh, I, I'm just saying there are some gems right now going out about Nevada <laughs> that you might appreciate memes. Why? Oh, yeah. I mean, my dad was telling me about one he saw where it was like a blackjack dealer or something like that. And it's like Nevada is having problems counting or I, I forget exactly how it went, but it sounded funny. I don't know. I just like I can't find much humor in anything right now. And that's hard. It's hard because it's also sad, like especially like the ones that are about Vegas right now, like that California has already ended all theirs and like that Nevada still is counting theirs. And it's like one of the memes that's going around is saying that Nevada is 50th in education. It's true. That is like so disconcerting, like so concerning. That Nevada is 50th in education. I did not realize that. Someone has to be 50th. Someone's got to be last. It must be us. Yeah. Um, you know, and this goes makes so much more sense why I feel like I've to- we've talked about this that I feel like I've missed so much in my education that like people know more things that I don't know like history wise and like I don't really care math wise I feel like I get through it but yeah. like a lot of like history maybe English and grammar skills I feel like I lack well we also know that I lack in <laughs> grammar skills because mm. the way I talk. Mm. <laughs> yeah i um someone told me once though like they think part of the reason the educate i mean the education system there sucks uh-huh. and the dropout rate is so high uh-huh. but also the dropout rate is so high because if you live in like vegas or reno it's not hard to just go get a job like working and making decent money in a casino it's very true a lot of people like i'm thinking of me graduating i dropped out um, I, it was really hard for me to adjust. I'm mostly dropped out because I went from a class of a hundred for my grade to like a class of 500 in my grade. And like, yeah. that was really hard for me to adjust. And then also, um, diversity wise, like I went to two from middle school up to high school. There was only one black family in my schools, each mm-hmm. one of those schools. This so, was in, uh, in Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Yeah. Um, and you were either Polish or Italian. Like that was the two ethnicities that you were. Yeah. And Niagara Falls. And I just remember like, so I just thought everybody was like, I just thought that was common. Like my little whitewash world was like common. So when I went to Nevada and there was all this diversity, I like, I remember I've told you the story before, like my best friend that I met the first day of school for the longest time because she was olive skin i thought she was fucking italian i had never met anybody of hispanic (laughs) descent she's like no i'm mexican and i was like 
what is that? What is? <laughs> <laughs> and so, not only was there all these different nationalities, and I, I wasn't raised in a racist like even though we had a very narrow mind i wasn't racist per se like yeah I w- you weren't raised outrightly racist yeah. yeah and so like you know i did adjust well to that there was more blacks and there was a hispanic population and there was an asian population in my schools but it was more that like it was clicky and like not everybody was friends like you couldn't cross different clicks oh i got you and that and like my smaller schools like everybody was friends with everybody like you might not hang out with them person socially but you could go sit at their at their lunch table and say hi right yeah um and not get people tease people but it was more like kids kids teasing people not to the point that it was out in um las vegas or a larger school yeah so it was really hard for me to go into that. So I, I dropped out because of those reasons. So I, I'm trying to think of other people that I knew that dropped out of You're high saying school. You dropped out because you just never fit in anywhere. Yeah, I never fit in. I just like felt no need. I got you. Um, and I also like I think rebelled against that. Like I I didn't handle moving really well, and I got depressed, and I I like started like just like fuck this. Yeah. And I had a really good friend named Zar. Um, who dropped out at the same time as me. He moved from California. He's also Michael Jackson's real... He was Michael Jackson's realtor. And he's also oh. um, was Siegfried and Roy's realtor. Damn. Yeah, so dropping out still can lead to a prominent, successful life, guys. Because Zar's killing Vegas. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the interesting thing about Zar is he, he dropped out and he's like, Maureen, let's go work in like... He just like always worked in fast food. Like he, he had five different jobs. He worked at like the Jack in the Box at McDonald's and he worked at um, a Taco Bell next door because his friends from Jack in the Box were working at the Taco Bell too. Damn. And then he started off as a manager and then he went into like franchise restaurants because he just like he's a fucking hard worker. Yeah. And then. So like a Chili's or something? No, he went into um, Quiznos. Okay. He brought Quiznos to Las Vegas. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, and so I I helped him with that a little bit, and but me and him fought because he, he's a Sagittarius, he's a little controlling, but um, uh. um, and yeah, so I, and he was more career focused, and I was like, oh, I'm just working with my best friend. This is great. Yeah. And so and then he started buying houses, um, with his money, and so then he realized he could flip those houses and sell them. And why doesn't he make the profit? And so he got into real estate off of his own. Ah, okay. And now he's like, I talk to people that I meet out in other social, like, you know, I start hanging out downtown and like being involved with those people and met people that do real estate. And I was like, oh, like my really best friend from high school does that. And I was like, his name's there. And they're like, oh my God, he's like the best broker in Las Vegas. Like I aim to be him. I was like, that's badass dog. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Shout out Zar. Shout out Zar. And guys, don't be afraid to say school's not for me. Here on the Your Two Loudest Friends podcast, we encourage dropping out of high school. Look at me now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I am Killing living it. proof. <laughs> no, not really. But I did get my GED. Um, so I am killing it from there. But like we think of other people that have dropped out of high school too. I think it's just I think there's a problem with getting lost in numbers in Las Vegas education. Probably. I mean, I, I don't know. I I didn't go to school in Las Vegas. I can I, I went to a pretty good high school for public schools but similar upbringing as far as like damn we had like in our school i think there was probably 300 something kids in my grade each grade like got a little bit 
bigger like the years after me, you know. Mm-hmm. But like in my grade, there were two, maybe three black kids out of like three hundred something kids, you know. Um, but we we. I guess we had like a lot of kids who were, uh, I would, I shouldn't say a lot. It was predominantly all white kids, but then there were like, um, there's like a big Puerto Rican population in that part of the country. Yeah. Especially in Massachusetts, but, um, in Southern New Hampshire. And then like, yeah, so I had friends who were, or, um, like I had a friend Marco who was, everyone thought he was Puerto Rican, but he was, I think he was Portuguese. Um, but yeah, for the most part though, it was like almost all white kids growing up. Do you think he's the one that li- is listening to us in Portugal? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Marco still lives in Salem, New Hampshire. Oh, okay. If you're from Portugal and you listen to us, please let us know. Just call the number because I'm going to say something else and Tony's going to get mad. 917-310-5262. Because um, we were just going over our analytics. Yeah. We got people from all over the world listening. Do you think that somebody's like maybe paying them? Like maybe we're like on a bot thing because I don't Some, know. If hey, if you're buying us <laughs> listens and like boosting our numbers, thank you. Because <laughs> we're not investing that money. But also, guys, on the real, there's a lot of international listeners. You know, six percent. <laughs> yeah, about six percent of our listener base comes from overseas. So well, I hey, guess some of it's Canada, but yeah, we're willing, international, able. And totally down to be a mail order bride or groom. If anybody wants to offer dual citizenship at yeah. this point, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you some nudes first to du- confirm. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few that I'm willing to recycle. Um, yeah, no, if anyone is looking for a uh, half ass husband. <laughs> two cats, two cats. Two you ca- got to put the cats with two you. Two cats. Um, I'm looking for dual citizenship and uh, not a lot of stress. So hit me up. What a- how do you think the cats would handle moving across seas? I don't know. I'm sure they'd be fine. I don't. They'd just be in another house somewhere. You know, it's not <laughs> like they're going to go outside and be like, "Oh my god, look at a kangaroo" or something. Do you think Chauncey would wear a beret? <laughs> if I move to France, get him a little beret. Oh my god, I can see him with like a little like handkerchief to the side, a little cigarette out of his mouth. I was like... going to say, get him little cat cigarettes. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> Now. <laughs> oh my god and they are you know parisian is a city of love and i feel like chauncey has a lot of and, and the gays the gays love paris yeah. i feel like chauncey might like it he might he i is, think he's a little international he only likes men so it would make sense i also think uzi would do good in japan like you could just put him you could make a a cat cafe around Uzi. That's true. You could horror his ass out. Look at his little face right now. Oh, I'm looking at him right now, and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he would just attack everybody, so you probably have to have people sign in a waiver first. Yeah, but it's like a friendly attack. He's not a mean cat. He just wants to play. Oh, so it's kind of like when I say, choke me. <laughs> exactly. It's just like that. Like, choke me, but in a friendly way. <laughs> um. So this is like... Back to the education system of Nevada. Mm-hmm. This is just one of the things that have baffles me about my family, particularly my mom. Yeah. Because she... My mom has so many experiences that would make her very liberal in thought. Yeah. It, she is... In theory. In theory. Yeah. And yet... She, whatever Kool-Aid she fucking drank, whatever like... 
stone other like whatever she believes that is actually applicable to her Mm -hmm. on the party's beliefs that she stands by and the person that she stands by so strong yeah have to be greater than the things that i can think of that affect her that makes me have liberal thoughts that also affected me so like my mom divorced my father when she was 23 okay or 24 yeah so by 25 she was a single woman with no college education and two daughters and two daughters Mm -hmm. um living in niagara falls new york which is a very blue collar poor city yeah um it is one of the old industrial cities um from the industrial boom of yeah it's a fucking shithole yeah it's a shithole now oh, just kidding i was no, just trying I mean, to it is. offend it's, you but... it's, it's very sad um, okay yeah it is if anybody ever like <laughs> but there's something so interesting about it i like history so like the history of niagara falls and the buffalo region are really interesting and the sense that you see how commercialism can basically like suck out yeah. and kill you know like the industrial revolution so the Erie canal was built and then that went into then more chemicals and all these the big industrial boom again the second wave in like the 50s and the 60s and dupont and all them did yeah like post-war yeah post-war and then now people are dying in niagara falls from chemical exposure yeah and you know the only, they don't these factories no longer operate but now the cleanup and the disposable of that chemical material you have to go in like that is that is the low budget not like that is the construction work of niagara falls yeah there's no building there it's cleaning up these old fucking factories that's fucking crazy so so now they're getting exposed yeah to it. so my mom a single motherhood women's rights mm-hmm. b low working class and poverty right and seeing what um climate and um environmentalism effects of that right from growing up in the city like i remember in ninth grade a senior had just passed away from um a brain tumor wow i also have another friend dave green who lives in um, florida now he's had two tumors removed out of his head he is younger than me that is not common for people to know and from yeah their teens to 30s of people with cancer yeah i've known uh i can only think of one person i've known who's had a brain tumor but it wasn't cancerous but they still had a brain tumor which is crazy i if i wanted to think of people that were like a little further than me i could even go that far like cancer's huge and in the buffalo region niagara region it's very sad so my mom's exposed to those things my mom then put herself through college my mom is a very intelligent woman um she then started working so she has a master's in counseling i think she's still doing school because now in the school system you get extra increases um for degrees and stuff salary wise and you have to continue your education no matter what especially in her field being sociology so then my mom lived, being in Niagara Falls, which is a very political um, city in anything. It's an old Italian city. So yeah. like you, if you don't have an Italian last name, if you have no connections, if you're not sleeping with somebody, it's really hard to break into government jobs. So yeah. i.e. The, the education system. So my mom had to go private. Private schools in, in um, or like vocational schools in Niagara Falls, area do not pay my i mean my mom made less less than thirty thousand dollars a year damn 
raising two women and two kids. So is that why she moved you all to Vegas? Well, we'll get into that. Okay. So then she worked one of her first jobs out of college. She worked into a school that was basically a Planned Parenthood um, high school. So it took underprivileged and like low, like low poverty, problematic um, pregnant teens and gave them their ability to continue their education. And they also provided education on childcare and also their children were being watched during this time. Okay. So my mom's also exposed to that. Like this was all downtown Niagara Falls. So it was where our black community was. Yeah. Um, so then at that point, my mom's coworkers were all usually like black or of other nationalities. So she became friends with them because that's what you do in a working environment. So I started getting it, even though I was still brought up in like a very white neighborhood, I, because I was pulled down into downtown Niagara Falls so much, I saw I was, I had black friends. I had exposure to black families. Yeah. Um, that I would say a lot of people that I went to high school did not. Cause then I started going to boys and girls camps during the summer too. Okay. Um, so anyways, so my mom has had black friends, has seen the that side of the world. Then um, she <laughs> that side of the, that uh, side of life, I guess that side of life. Sorry. Yeah. And so she's seen racial segregation. Right? Yeah. So then um, my mom got a little bit ba- better paying job. Went oh she started working for. I got kicked out of school. I had to go to private school. The private high school uh, yeah. I was going to. My mom started working for. Okay. Um, and she. <laughs> Started dating my basketball coach. Oh. And, um, because you know I shoot hoops. Yeah, balling. <laughs> they only dated for six months, and he proposed to her, and they got married. And my mom was like, man, you know, my first marriage worked out really well in Las Vegas. <laughs> so let's go back there. Oh, God. <laughs> and they were not married longer than six months, so less than a year total for a relationship. Okay. And they divorced him. It was me, my mom, and my sister again in Las Vegas. Wow. Um, my mom was able to get into the school education system in Las Vegas because it's not political. It's a, at that time, Las Vegas was on a, a surge again, a, um, a population growth. Yeah. Um, so that's when Summerlin was just becoming a community, which anybody that's familiar with Las Vegas, that's the upper right hand. It's like the bougie neighborhood. It's the bougie neighborhood. It's on your way to Oregon, right? It's kind of in between Oregon. And, yeah, I mean, I Jesus, know. that's like you picked like so far away. It's well, cause, yeah, no, it's north. It's like it's like north. Sorry, like Utah. North, uh, what would that be? I guess northwest Vegas, right? Yes, you're right. I think I don't know. I'm not really good with geography. I know it's not technically the north side, and I know it's not the east side. So I I think it's like northwestish. Yeah, basically, it's on your way north. Yeah, <laughs> like you're going up to Utah. Yeah. Um, so my mom got into education system there. Um, so now my mom works in this education system with highly Hispanic. My mom's grade school Mm -hmm. sees, um, immigration parents come in, first generation children come to her school that she is compassionate about, empathetic, has to be held accountable for, gets them through. So then... You have a relationship to that, and you've also see the opportunities in the Nevada education system itself that has no budget is not given any money. My mom now works for so what they did is the government, the state provided a, because the education system so bad, they basically 
created this grant. So like my mom now works for that as a facilitator to teach the people about this new education. So like if you agree to be one of these schools, yeah. the state gives you extra money. Okay. So like they went from like being only like seven, like it was a one off to like basically all of Nevada or, or Las Vegas will be one of these schools. Okay. Which makes you question why doesn't the state just fucking give you the money if it has that money? I'm sure there's some politics behind it, which I could not even begin to fathom, but I'm sure there's politics behind it. So my mom then sees the hoops and the side and the political game behind the education system, which is for the public people. Yeah. And sees all that bullshit. But yet she still believes in this bullshit of the Republican Party for a party that doesn't even represent her. Or give a fuck about her. Truck driving fucking ass boyfriend. Yeah. Who like, I'm sure you love it because you are independent contractor and that works well for you. His tax plan works well for you. I mean, sure. I don't really understand his tax. I don't really know much about taxes in general. Um... I'm not going to say too much here. Um, I just don't really understand taxes, a lot of taxes, but people are so fucking stupid. I just, I, so my thought process on it in terms of your mom, what you're saying is like all her background, yada, yada, yada. But at the end there, you're talking about seeing like the political side of all the school stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I think in 2016, a lot of people whether they were Republican or Democrat, wanted someone who wasn't a traditional politician. I could agree. Which is also why, um, even though Bernie has been like a lifelong politician, uh, he's not a traditional politician. He doesn't take money from people, so on and so forth. Um, And so that's why a lot of people gravitated towards Bernie and also gravitated towards Donald. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, so... From one perspective, only one very narrow perspective, I could understand how your mom kind of ended up in the Trump camp. But the problem is, is that all, 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 not all Republicans, all politicians in general are always like, we need to bring back the middle class. We need to strengthen our middle class, blah, 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 blah. Um, And neither side really, I feel like, does a whole lot, but... The Republicans especially don't give a fuck about the middle class. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I'm i always afraid to talk politics too much because I don't know enough. I just have I have um, opinions on things, but I, I'm not I'm not as knowledgeable about it as I'd like to be. But it's hard for me to understand how people like your mom or like even like my grandfather my my grandfather on my mom's side voted straight democratic ticket his whole life like um my mom and aunt were just telling me the other night that like they remember him taking them to see Bobby Kennedy talk wow and stuff like that and he's a fucking trump humper now i think although he didn't vote cuz he was too afraid to leave the house cuz of covid oh, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean that's sad but hell yeah your no. president fucking did this too yeah seriously um I, I I I do think it all wraps around is the rebellious spirit that's in the Democratic Party, especially for our our older relatives to have believed in, right? Like right. Our, our parents came off the sixties and seventies, and your grandfather it was a war 
he was in war, right? Yeah. A war Co- veteran that what what war? Korea. Which he had a huge like um sub whatever subculture that like was so anti like that was like during the hippies and the like you're thinking of vietnam oh, okay not korea yeah Sorry. korea was like this little war that they did to fight communism after world war ii it's like often referred to as the forgotten war hence like you just confused it with vietnam <laughs> well we also might have had an education <laughs> yeah um but so whatever i i think a lot of those people that had a non-blurred vision of experience at war. Yeah. Came back with a little more like... Yeah, but there's also like... I mean, you meet so many fucking Trump humpers who were like... They were they were like baby boomer kids, which means they grew up in like the hippie generation and all that stuff. Some of them went to Vietnam and like experienced all that. Came home, got spit on by people, whatever, yada, yada, yada. The thing is, is the Republicans are really big on... What I would, I, I don't know what the technical term is, so I'm going to call it what we would say as traditional patriotism. You know, like you stand for the flag. I feel like you it's nationalism. Right, sure. But like. Extreme. But just let me get to okay. where I'm going here for a second. All right. Like traditional, like American patriotism, like you stand for the flag, like you don't disrespect the president, like blah, 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 all that shit. Um, wherewith Democrats. On the other side, I feel like are also very patriotic, especially right now. You know, liberals uh, are considered to be not patriotic because they're kneeling for the flag or they're protesting and like in different ways. But like those are all things that this country was founded on. Mm -hmm. Like um, we, you know, we broke away from the British and and it was when we became a country, we made it so you could have the freedom to express yourself. You could have the freedom to to you know express disdain for the government and stuff because they had been like so under the thumb of the crown that it was like we're going to make this an actual free place so by protesting and especially peaceful protesting like kneeling for the flag and stuff like that that is like one of the most patriotic things you can actually do but we've turned that we've turned patriotism into what you said exactly nationalism where it's like you're not being being patriotic is not like you know all the words to the fucking star spangled banner being patriotic is like actually standing up for like freedom and equality for all which is engraved into the fucking uh statue of liberty you know and or i think i don't fucking know honestly maybe <laughs> it's not maybe the constitution statue of liberty so whatever fucking. i'm stoned right now i'm a little drunk i've been on a bender for a couple days <laughs> So forgive me if I get this wrong, but you, you you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And and like that's actual patriotism, but we've turned that into this thing of that's anti-patriotism, that's anti-America, blah, 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 blah. And you can be anti-America and still be an American and want the best for America. I mean, I would say right now I feel very anti-American based off of the stereotype of what it is. It's like... It's almost gotten to a point now where when you see an American flag, it feels like there's something bad behind that. You it's know, negative. It's a negative feeling. It's not prideful. Which anymore. as which as a veteran, you know, as a United States Marine, like it pains me to say that at times. But like realistically, it's just this country's so divided right now. And I think that's why. Well, I mean, I know that's why I've been on like a two day bender. Um going through all the election stuff right now but 
I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now, no, and, and, you know, and I apologize for is, hijacking what you were saying. So go back into it. But I think the thing is, back to our family members, that why do they believe in this from these life experiences? Yeah. I think they want to change so bad, and now they don't want to be wrong. And I think that is where a lot of people are. They just don't want to be wrong. Human yeah. nature is like so. Like they're digging in their heels that like now it's this. It's patriotic for me to believe in this. Don't shun on the president. And you lost the whole meaning behind the reason why we are a nation. Yeah. Because if we can't challenge systems, then we are back in a fascist. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're just we're under- not in a democracy anymore. So yeah. why can't I challenge it? Like that's only way for progress is change, right? Right. And challenging and, the, and new I, thoughts. And the problem is also, I feel like. Um, going with what you're saying there is that a lot of people you know who are of this like old school patriotism whatever like mindset is that like they don't see things that are wrong because they've grown up in communities like we were saying that are predominantly white and you know it's always this thing of like um well i've had it hard too and it's like no one is saying you haven't had it hard you know, you've been working minimum wage jobs your whole life. You've been living paycheck to paycheck. You got nothing to retire on and you're probably never going to be able to retire. That is a hard life. No one is saying your life is, is taking that away from isn't you. hard. The thing is, is that if you were black, if you were Hispanic, if you were a woman, it's harder. And and you should be able to acknowledge that it would be harder. It would be harder for that person to sustain that minimum wage job for as long as you sustained that minimum wage job. You know, things like that. And it's hard for people to to accept, I feel like, that other people might have it harder than them because life just feels like, I feel like for everyone, whether you're dirt poor. I also think if poor, you accept it, then in the way they feel like you're denying them of it. And yeah. it's like, no, everybody can fucking say they had a hard life. It's kind of like we've talked about it before about how, you know, someone saying like all like pain is relative. Like everyone's hardships are relative. So one person, like the worst day of their life is when their friend ODs. The other person, the worst day of their life is like they got an F on their final or in a class or something. But like pain's all relative. And it's the same thing with like the hardship stuff. Like it's all relative, but, some people's hardships are harder based off of their skin color, their ethnicity, um, uh, their religious choice, their sexuality, uh, any the, a whole slew of things. Okay, Basically, I'll, like if you're yeah. not a straight white male, it is harder and it's substantially harder for some people than others. But it is still like the easiest stroll through life is as a straight white man. I, I, it's also this is all subjective, right? Because it can always change. Cause at one point think of the Irish immigrants considered the lowest of the low, right? Right. Well, now they are, they have now that. Changed, now they're right? white people. Yeah. Now they're white people. So it is all subjective. It can change at one point. Maybe women will become the dominant gender. I hope so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but so that's still subjective too. So like, I think that sometimes then I get the rebuttal from my family when I challenge them. Well, like, we were immigrants too. Yes. And you probably faced some of the same shit. Yeah. And like not saying because you faced it, that it should still happen now. We should be better. That was not, you're saying it was hard. So why don't, why would we want it to be hard for everybody? Why can't we learn from the that? The, yeah. I think it's because everyone is also afraid 
like they want to say that the world is or that, you know, the country is on even playing field when it's clearly not an even playing field for everyone. But the thought process is I feel like behind some people is like um, and I think everyone's guilty of thinking this in one way or another in their careers or anything. But it's like, oh, if it gets easier for those people, then it's going to be harder for me because there will be more competition. Yeah, I think right? it's definitely like I don't want or like they're still lesser than looking. So like I don't want you to be even than me because then I feel like the lesser than thing might be like the next step after that. I think uh-huh. it probably just starts with people being afraid, being afraid that, oh, the competition's going to get more dense for me. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the survival of life. And if the competition is more dense for me, I'm going to be mad at these people who made the competition harder or whatever, you know, and, well, these people are different than me and now I'm mad at these people who are different than me. And thus, then you start going into all these other things. But And you know what? Also, people, if the bigger question is you're saying my life's hard, but so that person's life can't be harder. No, bro, that's called lower class. That's called low class. And that's what we are. More and more, a generation in between, a gap in between the lower income and poverty level and the rich, the extremely rich. Well, yeah, I mean, the middle class is basically evaporated. It's you're either poor or you're rich and there's no real like in between anymore. And there's so many ways to go with that of of, of, of how it's ended up that way. I mean, there's so many different things. But at the end of the day, it's just like, I don't know. I, I, the, oh, so where I'm at on this is. My conclusion is, which kind of has shifted, right? Yeah. Because election night, it's looking like the majority is still thinking Trump should be the president. The majority of this country was looking like that. Yeah. Now has shifted to. It's still. I, it, it's I divided. Say, I would say it's a, it's a 50-50 split. I mean, more or less. Well, I feel at least from, now. from what's being represented in voting right now. I mean, it is it is the Thursday after the election and we still don't know. Um, but that's not uncommon. I feel like we normally. I feel have like the, tip, I feel like typically you know by the next morning. We also from didn't have a I pandemic that caused more. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's the mail-in voting is higher this year than it has ever been before. More people voted this year than ever before. More people voted for Biden than have ever voted for a president before ever. Um, but that also, I would be willing. I would be willing to bet that Trump is now number two as far as how the voting yeah. is going right now, the second most voted for president ever. And that's like the thing that they're leaving out is like this, this race is so close that if he's number one, Trump's got to be number two as far as most voted for president. Well, why ever. not exploit that? Maybe he's only number three. That would be tight. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't think that could be anyway. You know what really piss him off? It was like Biden, Obama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would really let's see the birth certificate oh um, god um but the thing is is i think the what's disheartening for me right now and, uh-huh. and has given me been giving me anxiety which i never get depression all the fucking time <laughs> but anxiety is never a thing i deal with and i've had so much anxiety that's just why i've been on the two-day bender um that i, I the thing that's driving me mad is that I mentally prepared myself for Donald Trump to win. Yeah. And 
but as it got closer and closer to the election, I was feeling more and more positive and more feeling better and better. And even if God willing, knock on wood, Biden wins, um, it still is so disheartening to know that there are this many people who could vote for this man. Now, in 2016, I thought people were fucking crazy for voting for him. And I thought he was already showing like signs of like some serious problematic like racist shit in 2016. Did you give him a chance at all? Because I actually. No, I was I was I was like inconsolable for a couple days Uh after he won. But. I was willing to give people the benefit of the doubt at mm-hmm. the time when they voted for him. Now, when people vote for him, I'm like, you can see, you can see with your own two eyes and your ears how this man is tearing people apart and tearing this country apart. And you want to side with him and you're letting you're letting his horrible racist like policies and rants and shit like that you're you're uh, it's i don't know i don't even know how to put it into words but that's where i'm coming to the point that i'm I'm realizing maybe the united states of america is not for me and that's okay i think there's this whole this is like the larger concept that like why is the country that i'm born in the country that i need to be in so and i agree with you there and now the the patriot in me that I feel is actually patriotic is no, this is where I'm born. This is where I'm from. And I should do everything in my power to make this place be the place that I want to to be and the place I want it to be for everyone. And thus that's where I feel like true patriotism comes in. And it's like, like fighting for a positive change. So we actually live under this like false narrative that the united states has been always about like equality and freedom for all like fighting for that to actually be a real thing is something that i'm passionate about now because it's like yeah i could up and leave because i don't agree with this country or i could try and change this country to be what i want it to be because i mean so outside of political stuff what does any other country have to offer me that the united states cannot offer me outside of politics um so I have not looked that much into it, um, but I can tell you working um, working environments are better and family environments are better and actually government assistance is better. Okay, but government assistance boils down to politics. Working and stuff like that, a lot of that boils down to political stuff, you know? I don't think we can change it. Like, so, so one example is like, if Aunt, if Holland was not as cold as it was because I need sunshine. Yeah. Um, and... I'd probably go, I would go live in Holland. If I had a reason to get there, I would go. A, English is a huge majority of their, um, you either speak English or Dutch. Mm -hmm. And most of them are, the education systems there are amazing too. They learn by 13, three different languages. Yeah. So you could go there and only speak one. Yeah. So my best (laughs) friend, Jason, um, works in, um, for Scotch and Soda and he's, um, split between the U.S. and, um, European office so most of them all speak English yeah he actually has advantage because he could speak French and a lot of most Dutch people learn German English and um I forget what else maybe they learn French I don't know anyways so but um German and English are their two other side languages and it's actually like instead of like a pre um not 
Uh, what's a side? So Dutch, German, and English. That yeah. would be three. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I can speak. <laughs> um, I can count. Anyway, so I would work for them because, like, he's actually been offered to work there, and so like then he tells me all these facts. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can after I forget how many years at a job, you can take a year and a half to two years off, um, because you're burnt out. You can just like I'm burnt out on my career, and I can take it off. Okay. Um, you. Who pays for that while you're gone? The company has to pay for it, or does yeah, the, gov- the company pays for it? Does, does the government subsidize the company? I do so not. to pay like to pay something out of pocket for them, or it's just mandatory. The government dictates that a company has to be able to pay. I didn't do my homework. Okay, but either way, like that's not just like a thing that companies there offer just because that's their culture. Is it like the question is, is a government? forcing that as an option for people and forcing it's probably in their health care is probably considered in health care right that so sounds do like they it. have do they have socialized health care or do you have to pay for your own health care i bleep it out and we go and like do our homework and then come back to this <laughs> i don't know all this uh, basically well no no i mean i don't think we have to mm-hmm. believe anything I know, i'm out. joking what okay what i'm getting to is is that uh I, what i was saying before there's no country outside of political stuff uh-huh. that can offer me anything the United States can't because after politi- I don't think that's in our culture we are a working culture we do not work like a European culture right but think about how many people if you propose that idea to them would say yes I would love that in the United States I don't think it because Just, we had the difference between state and federal rights I do not ever think that you know what would st- first start that is large organizations it would have to first become a work ac- ethic culture so Case in point, during Black Lives Matter, a large majority of privatized companies made Juneteenth a paid holiday without it being federally regulated or whatever made, created. I think that's where that culture change will become then because now states have now done it. Right. But the thing is, is that'll be the thing for people who work at like fun startup jobs and people who work at, you know more progressive jobs but people who work a regular like nine to five job as is you know whatever that's not at one of those types of companies isn't ever going to get that opportunity no, so i mean same with mental health care that's not even built so into- my my thing is is in these other countries and this is i don't know and obviously neither of us do but the question remains and i would feel that it probably is something that is a government mandate is like if someone has worked for your company for this many years blah 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 and they want to take a sabbatical more Mm -hmm. or less you have to allow it it would be interesting to see how it started because wondering if it did the government come up with this yeah like from like uh head of um the federal health right did they come up with this as a set standard for the worth ethic in their country or did it become from these smaller large companies starting the movement and then becoming a federal thing i get what you're saying and and that's that's because that's the only way i see it happening in the united states i if we can't even get our our national health advisor to have everybody wear a fucking mask well that is that would, I don't think, be as much of a problem if we weren't in the political climate we were in with the person who's been in charge for the last 100%, four years. 100%, 100%. I think if, I mean, fuck, I'll, uh, you know what, just to appease 
anyone who might disagree with, I was going to say Obama. So let's say, I think if this happened during George Bush's administration and the health advisors were all saying wear masks, everyone would just be wearing masks. That's true. But we have a person who is in power that like makes fun of people for wearing a mask at his rallies, you know? Says, oh, look at this person. I think it was Laura Ingram or something was wearing a mask. And yeah, he was you like, said that on the last one. Yeah, and was like, oh, trying to be politically correct wearing the mask. No, it's a fucking health concern. It's not political correctness. And also, there is nothing wrong with political correctness. Like, it, it should be good to want to be politically correct. Now, I can agree that people take it to an extreme sometimes where it's like, okay. It looks like he's wearing a mask. Oh my god! He was. Oh, so for those listening, um, my cat Uzi just walked in and he's holding a piece of paper. I think it's from a uh, a lint roller or it's a receipt. But the way it's folded around, I mean, he just dropped it. The way it was folded, though, it looked like he was wearing a mask. And here we are talking, Uzi. I didn't know you were so politically correct, bud. <laughs> oh, that oh was God, good. You are listening. <laughs> but yeah. he wants to go to Japan. He knows that he'd fit in Japan. You're so right. They love. They all wear masks over <laughs> there. Even not in a pandemic. But yeah, I, I basically just to bring this back home. There, for me, there's no country that could offer me anything outside of political differences that the United States, because otherwise, what am I looking at? I'm looking at geography. I'm looking at like, you know, a hot European DB. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, there there's cities and stuff that I'm attracted to in Europe, but like nowhere that I like more than New York City. Mm, I don't know. Explore the world. I agree. Explore the world, but I want to come home to New York. No. So my thing is that if there's no other country that can offer me anything that the United States can't other than political stuff, and if this is supposed to be a nation that is for freedom and equality for all and that we encourage, you know, progress and change, which we should be, then, like, we can make this country a better place. And it may not happen all in my lifetime, but if I could at least set it up for the next people and, like, because I, I, you know, I do like it here. I don't know. So my argument, like, not my argument. So my, like, my relation to what you were saying when you're like, well, that people are blatantly seeing people hurt right now and still choosing a person that's hurting your yeah. neighbor, your loved one, your daughter, case in point, my mom. And I'm not physically hurting. Yeah. But she, I'm enraged. Yeah. And she, you know, and she's almost victimizing herself. Like, I'm afraid to put things up on the internet because you guys will bash me. How is that not a red flag a little bit to look at yourself or look at the person you're standing up high? Yeah. Because, like, I could really believe in Satan. I could really believe in, like, fucking sacrificing little fucking children. <laughs> I but, don't think that's what Satan is saying, too. But, yeah. I think a chapter might be. I don't know. I'll look it up. <laughs> but like if I really fucking believed in that, like wholeheartedly doesn't mean it's right. My beliefs can't it can oh not always be right, right? Like there's yeah. a possibility your beliefs could be wrong. I could believe I'm the fucking sexiest motherfucker out here. I think a lot of you can. 
can't disagree. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. So, like, it's okay to believe in somebody. It's not okay to continue backing it once you realize it is right. not. It's not the right thing, and that's the thing I just don't understand. And so I'm just like, mom, and this is where I'm with my whole family. It's like. I'm not making it political. I'm just saying like literally your beliefs are so ugly and disgusting. Yeah. That it's making me question the person you are. And I don't know if I want that person in my life. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's a tricky situation that a lot of people are in right now. I mean, I know we've talked about it with you and your mom. Um, I feel like I don't know how comfortable. Well, he's very public about it online. Aaron. Yeah. um, Him and his mom do not talk anymore. She has, you know, as opposed to him writing her off, she wrote him off based off of his liberal views. Um, Uh, My relationship's more conflicted. Do you want to finish your statement? You can finish it. I'm just I'm just saying it's like. It's a shame. What is happening to families in this country with all this stuff. And I feel like had this have been a, I don't want to say normal, but a more traditional Republican president. I don't think the thing is, is for instance, I'll use the pandemic as an example. Any other president, even the worst fucking presidents in history when that pandemic happened would have come out and said, we need to band together as a nation. We need to unite to fight this and like do everything that these doctors are telling us to do to fight this and blah, 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 blah. Now some might've gone a little more. I feel like Democrats probably would have been more like, and we're going to issue these laws and this, that, and the other, but, and the Republicans might not have been because Republicans aren't as much mm, like that. I disagree. Look but at the Patriot Act that Bush did. The like- Patriot Act is, is a completely different thing that has to do with being able to spy on anyone and everyone at any point in time and that is more about control in that term but uh, don't get me started on the Mm -hmm. fucking patriot act um but uh at, at the end of the day any president would have come out and basically said we need to unite together as americans and look out for one another and donald trump came out and basically said the polar opposite of all of that I don't you know? think any other president would have kept on calling it a China. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I some might have. I don't want to, but I don't. I, I don't think so actually, because at the end of the day, most of these guys also are like, I need to still make sure I try to appeal and I'm friendly to everyone so yeah. I can get as many votes as possible. And this guy like doesn't give a fuck, and somehow people are still voting for him. That, that like anyway. You know what'd be mind blowing is I wonder how many. Chinese descent people have voted for him. I want to know what that percent. Everybody's so honed down on the Hispanic and, and the black uh, population. Yeah, yeah, I want to know what the Chinese. It'd be interesting. Or the APAC altogether. Because like most ignorant people do not know the difference between um, Asian um, ethnicities. Ethnicities. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That'd be an interesting uh, number to find out. Um, um. So like my the bigger picture is I'm not just mad at my mom because. She's making stupid choices. And also, but my confliction is Aaron, like his mom drank the tea. She is, she's on the other side and she's done. Like she, she disowned him because 
he's going to hell and blah 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 my mom's not that crazy my mom's like oh we can both exist yeah but my mom is is in so deep that she is arguing equality rights with me and i I don't even think this is about him. I think my mom was on this verge anyways. Yeah. That I think it's getting put on. Well, like when you hate the president so much, it's because of that. And it's like, no, actually I don't like the person you're becoming. And I think I'm changing so much. And I'm so torn on this because I do not want children, but I am sympathetic to the fact that you, you have an undying love for me. Yeah. That I will never understand. True. I'm trying to be respectful for that, but also why am I bound by just because of blood to like the people that I inherited? And that's the thing is if I inherited a house, I'm going to fucking sell it. If I don't want to keep the house, it's true. Why do I have to stay with a family that they're not horrible people? My mom this week reached out to me. Finally, we have not talked since June. Yeah. And she's like, you just, I get that you're upset right now and you have a voice and you feel that you're being heard. And it's like, I found a voice recently. Yes. But I found a voice because I kind of got my eyes woken up to like how non, non um, directly racist my upbringing and some of the views in my family are. Yeah. And directly by being affected and working and caring and having very close friends that are of this population that my family does not really support. And they're not blatantly racist, but I, I get the, but it's still racist. It's still racist. It's, it's non-equality. That's it. They're not, Oh, they're just ignorant. Yeah. And they don't think they can learn from me. They don't want to listen to me. And they, it's, Oh, you have not lived. Bitch, I have lived in five fucking cities. I have traveled to more countries to you. And yeah, I have. How have I not lived? Why are you denying me that? Because you didn't you didn't have children in your 20s and then raise them and stayed in one fucking city their whole life. But you know more than me. And also we have the Internet now. I am have so much Internet. I have so much more information that I can gather and research on my own. But yet. You cannot learn anything. She watches me. Fox News. Which was not even a habit before. But Yeah, I wonder what happened. What what age do you have to be where it's like all of a sudden now you just watch Fox News? Because that's like the fucking news station no, of most old people. I can tell people. you my mom started talking to an old high school um, sweetheart about five, oh, seven years ago, eight years ago. It was before she started dating this guy. And he started telling her conspiracy theories. Oh, God. And so this is how it's become a downward cycle that the the information in front of you is totally questionable and probably is a lie. So I'm going to go deep into these deep holes to prove it wrong and believe that a fucking unicorn pooped the fucking center of the world out and then it created fucking the Taliban and it fucking then, <sighs> you know, like. That sounds more real to my mom than the fact that, hey, you Taliban, (laughs) but it's just down these dark fucking holes and it's not just this current president that has affected my family's relationship. And my mom's like, you hurt, like you're forgetting that we have a good heart. And I'm like, but a person that's sitting there arguing with me, why other people have it hard and that why they're treated bad and why they deserve this is not a person with a good heart. Yeah. And that's the thing people, they don't, they, I think people don't understand. And I, I truly think 
like what I was saying earlier is it, it stems from, you know, your mother as a white woman has more opportunities than anyone basically other than white men um, for the most part. And you could correct me if I'm wrong there. This is just, I'm just snowballing here. But, um, and so, like I said, it, 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 it plants in your head this one thing of like, okay. And especially I feel like as a white woman, cause you're not at the top, you know, but mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're closer than yeah. most, um, but you're not at the top. And, but as a white woman, you see like, okay, well the top is like right there, you know? And, and, but if everyone else is now all put on an equal playing field as me, then, then it makes it harder for me to reach the top. And so I don't, you know, the, it's, it's a subconscious thing. It's not like someone's actually thinking those exact thoughts, but it's like a subconscious thing of like, um, I mean, okay, I'll be completely transparent here as a white straight male who works as a photographer, there are more and more um, brands that would prefer someone who isn't a white straight male photographer. It's, it's very, you know, it's, and, and, and just justifiably so and rightfully so. I mean, white straight males have been primarily the photographers of history, you know? And I also feel that, a lot Just, of these sub brands, sorry, are trying to push for diversity to the point that like we hire for diversity and yeah, exactly. And I, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But in the back of my subconscious, there and you know I have to fight those thoughts to be like, no, you're you're being. But in the back of my subconscious, there is the thought process of now every you know everyone wants something that isn't me. Which doesn't mean that it's not even for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's not equal for me. Um, but there's still that nagging thought in the back of your subconscious, which is like, it's harder for me to get jobs, you know? Um, or maybe it's it, just finally the same. Yeah, exa- it is the same. But that does make it harder for me, okay? And I'm not... I'm, you lost your advantage. You didn't I, I go did, back. I did lose my advantage. Now, the difference between me and your mom is that I can look at that and I can be like, but that's okay. That's okay with me because I would want everyone to have an equal shot because at the end of the day, I'll still be able to get my piece of fucking cake. You know, at the end of the day, I'm still going to find work. I'm still going to get jobs. Everything's going to be okay. And, and, and I'm okay with that. And I'm not even okay with that. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy that everyone has the same opportunities that I have now. Um, or at least I shouldn't even say that they do now, but it's growing for them. Um, but it is still, it is human nature to it's survival, you know, like if I've got it easier, I don't want it to be easier for everyone, like in a survival thing. If it's, if I found, if I found this place that grows all these berries, you know, and I'm surviving and more and more people are moving in and harvesting from the same berries. Well, now I don't have as many berries. You know, so I don't want these people around here, whatever. And that's just like survival instinct 101. And the thing is, is I feel like you can go one of two ways from there. You can go the way where I'm looking at it as it's okay because eventually we're all going to be scratching each other's backs. We're all going to be planting these seeds together. That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. Right. But a lot of people don't see it like that. They're on survival mode. And when they go on survival mode, then it's like, you know, then you start breaking it down and then like the racist shit comes in, which starts off as like you don't even realize it's racist. 
and and then you know you people start arguing stupid things and you know it's just like when people say like oh well you know there's more there's more crime in african american communities than there are in white communities so what does that tell you about african americans and it's like well let's analyze why that is let's unpack why that is let's talk about the prison industrial complex let's talk about you know, money going into prisons, which need to be at a certain capacity, which means that they need to have so many inmates coming in, which means there's more pressure put on police to arrest people. And like, which goes back to basically what we were saying before. Um, or maybe I was talking about this with my dad today, actually, and I wasn't talking about it with you, but how basically like, okay, well, slavery is outlawed, but not if you're a prisoner. So mm-hmm. let's start locking people up, you know? Which is another thing that my sister saw. So I'm mean, sorry, my mom saw because my sister was in um, a prison. Very, in prison, she was in a federal. Um, she's a felon. Yeah. Um, and had to go work at a work camp. My sister was um a firefighter. She was a paid firefighter, which she can't. She go, wasn't a paid firefighter. She wasn't. Though. Sorry. Which she went and put her life in. In jeopardy, fighting the forest fighters. She went and did the forest fighters. The forest fires. She went and did the California ones. Yeah. Couldn't, didn't get paid for it. And then isn't applicable to apply for that fucking job. Yes. And so that's, that. those are all problems that when you try to explain those to people, they have reasons to justify why they aren't or why those aren't problems. So it's like, well, if she did, if she wanted to be able to get a job as a firefighter, she shouldn't have been a felon. And it's like, okay, but isn't prison supposed to be about rehabilitating people and reintroducing them into society? And then, you know, people... Which my mom will argue that my sister did. And it's like, but, but she But she, she was still is being... She still has... Prosecuted. Oppor- yeah, persecuted, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah prosecuted. She <laughs> was prosecuted. Now she's persecuted. Um, but yeah. It's I, the same with like how my mom... And this is like a whole nother thing. My mom's a fucking hypocrite. You know, a couple of years ago, she posted, you're killing babies and you're going to take away my guns because they're questioning the right to own a gun. And then still um, there was that fight that New York City or New York State was allowing long term um, pregnancy, um, pregnancy abortions. Okay. And I was like, Mom, what are you talking about? She's like, blah, blah, blah. They're killing babies. I was like. Oh, so we're pro-life now because, you know, I had a fucking abortion. Right. And like. You can't pick and choose when things are OK because you hated the fucking boy I was with. I know you're happy that I didn't have that fucking kid. Yeah. And I remember being taught as a kid to get an abortion and be okay with that and use prophylactics and all the things that are not fucking pro-life. Yeah. But you're going to be a fucking bigot and say pro-life because of some and you don't even own a gun, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, you know, like I said, people find the one little thing that they latch on to and then they just basically buy the whole fucking farm as far as like. The whole and, and, enchilada. And, it, and it's not just going conservative. It's also going liberal, you know, um, this is what I was saying to my mom when I was in Missouri. She was watching MSNBC and I was like, ma. I was like, I can't watch this shit anymore. And she's like, you want to just turn off the news altogether? And I was like, well, yeah, I'd prefer that. But I was like, to me, MSNBC is just Fox News for liberals, which like, obviously I'm very liberal and I I prefer that. But these news stations, which older people are all watching still, um, Fox News and MSNBC especially, 
they are like they're they're taking people to the extreme of of conservatism conservatism and liberal liberalism i guess i don't know they they go they go to such an extreme and they turn people into like fucking zealots more or less about like all this shit and there's to be extreme and i like when i try to like post some things on facebook just to c- cause some shit with my mom yeah people were attacking me and telling me like you're a socialist but and i was like i don't even know what that fucking means i just don't want my fucking black also, friends to cry that they're afraid to go outside yeah exactly also i love when people are like i don't want this to turn into a socialist country okay then all the social security you've been paying in taxes Give it to me. You don't like socialism. You don't like social security. You don't like have a retiring plan for the rest of your life. I will gladly take that from you. I mean, you hate socialism so much, so you shouldn't either. You shouldn't. You have to pay into social security. It just comes out of your check. So if you don't want it, forfeit your social security to me. If you don't like socialism, you don't like socialism. Okay, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of socialist fucking programs in this country. The mail is a socialist fucking program. All these things. And it's like, but people are so afraid and it all just, I really truly feel like, I mean, there are racist people who are racist people, but I feel like a lot of this shit boils down to people being afraid that their opportunities or their advantage in life is going to be limited because other people have more opportunities than they had before. But people having more opportunities than they had before doesn't mean you have less opportunities. Um, yeah, don't you think if we had more even pay, there would be less of a fucking inflation in housing market? It'd be easier to get better paying jobs and equal paying fucking jobs. It would be better. It would be easier to get yeah. you into a good paying, uh, a good educational system. Like there, the more we fight this, the more we're also taking away for ourselves. Yeah, because you are creating a elitist and like a Haracus. Not nah, <laughs> I can't talk bureaucracy. Uh, yeah. Whatever. You're creating a social class, essentially, a social class system that there is a ladder instead of a fucking pool. Yeah. And like somebody always has to climb up somebody to get somewhere where if you're a pool, you're all fucking swimming together and hopefully you don't pee in the water. And it's also like, (laughs) it's just, I'm just like, I'm so, I'm just, everything has got me so wound up right now. You know, it's just, it's all sucks, man. So do you think I should be nice to my mom? I don't know what to do because this isn't my mom's like, it's all about this. And I'm like, uh, other half of our argument is like, I don't live in the past like you do, Maureen. And I'm like, I know I'm a really hard person. I'm really hard on people I care about. And yeah, justifiably so, though, in this situation. So this is my thought on it, right? It's hard for me to tell you don't talk to your mom anymore because in my head, I think that if she is still having dialogue with you, then there's still a chance. You just have to figure out how there is still a chance to make her see the error of her ways. This is the cherry on the top, though, Tony. I don't have a relationship with my family. I get that. I mean, look at how many times that I came out to visit. And I feel horrible that I have to be the one that opens my eye to my family. Like my sister yesterday's texting me things about her pregnancy. And I'm like, I'm just saying this to be nice. And that makes me feel like a horrible person. But I'm like, nobody's checking in me to tell me how they're doing. 
Uh, yeah. how, see how I'm doing. Does anybody know anything about me? No, I just went ahead another fucking surgery again. Guess who fucking picked me up? My friend fucking Tony. Nobody checked in on me. <laughs> <laughs> Those are things like it's a two way street with a family. It's true. Because it's a, just another fucking relationship in my life. And you should not get a go pass. A get out of jail free pass because you happened to fucking your dad and that mom liked each other and fucked and made me like it's just I have no fucking you know like <laughs> I like that you said your dad I don't know but yeah I have no why should I have loyalty off of that because no, you created I, life for me and and so I I agree with you there a hundred percent um I don't think anyone I think you you can you can for lack of a better word, divorce your family. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, with that being said, I think in your specific situation, just from how you've told it today in general, that the fact that your mom is still engaging in conversation with you, I still feel like there is a chance that at some point you could get through to her. Now, I don't know if that's something you want to invest time in. And if you don't, that's totally understandable. But I'm of the belief that if I can convince someone, if I can convince someone to be more open-minded, then I want to take a shot at it. On the flip side of that, if it was like you were in a situation like Aaron's mom, where she's like calling you like a piece of shit and like one of the worst people on earth and like to lose her fucking number and never talk to her again and yada, yada, yada. Then like let that relationship die. It's not worth it. There's nothing there to salvage. But if there is still like respectful conversation and like actual listening going on back and forth, then I think there's a chance to make someone a better person, which then in turn makes the world a better place. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for the cause because maybe I can teach somebody. But I, I think the bigger thing is my mom thinks it's just now is the need of the stress to our relationship and it's all existed and this is just the fucking casserole that's been baking you know <laughs> <laughs> like i just don't have a relationship with them and i i'm i i think it's like a aquarius like characters i'm quick to cut people off like yeah i'm not quick but like i i can I can solder that and there's no blood and like, it's good to go. Like you're, you know, like soldering is actually combining two things. It's not cutting anything, but oh. go on. Okay. Well the opposite of soldering I would do and <laughs> <laughs> separating it. There's no blood loss or anything. There's no tears. I just cut and go, you know, it's fucking amputee. Um, <laughs> Chop I, it off and move on. Yeah. Like I still haven't talked to my ex boyfriend of six years. Since the day we broke up. Really? Mm-hmm. He's reached out to me, and I'm just like, why are you calling me? Damn, you're hardcore. When I'm done, I'm done. That's fair, though. I mean, I respect that. But, yeah. I mean, like, so I have a family member that I recently found out about um, that I would say I was, I'm pretty close with. And I, I didn't know that he felt the way he feels about some things. And my dad was telling me that he was telling him that like, he doesn't agree with like the black lives matter, like statement or like mission or something like that. And I'm like, but what does he mean? Because like all the black lives matter mission is, is to acknowledge that black lives matter. And, (laughs) and, and if you're one of these people who says all lives matter, 
then you can say individually, white lives matter, black lives matter, Asian lives matter, Latino lives matter. You should be able to say all that knowing that all lives matter. If, if that's what you truly believe, then it's not hard to say black lives matter because you're not taking away from anyone else's existence. You're not saying anyone matters less. You're just saying that these people matter. And if black lives matter, then all lives can matter, right? We've talked about it before on here. Um, and so when someone says like that they don't agree with black lives matter, I'm like, well, then you're a fucking hypocrite because you're over here saying all lives matter. So you can't say black lives matter because that's not. And it's everyone has heard that by now. Everyone has heard what I just said. I'm not saying some like genius groundbreaking thing that's like oh now he's explained it in a way i understand it everyone has heard that by now and if you're choosing not to acknowledge that black lives matter then you are choosing racism as far as i'm concerned i agree um and when i found that out i don't i'm not a very confrontational person Either am I. Um, I I don't I don't do great in confrontation. Um, I go from zero to one hundred really. I feel fucking like fast. you're the same as me. That I, and that's half of my fight with my family right now. They're like, Maureen, it's okay to talk about it, but your tone, because I don't know how to approach people, so I wait until yeah. I'm angry and then I'm hard. Well, and it's also hard too because it's like, how can you just not understand this simple fucking concept? It's it's not. You know, but it, people can't step outside their heads for a minute. And that's that's a hard part. So for me, it's like this person in my family, I would say I was really close with. We talked we talked a lot and I haven't talked to him a lot recently. And after hearing that, it's almost like, do I even want to? You know, I, I don't want to have the awkward conversation. And I know I probably should. Um. But I don't even, I, I don't know. It's hard. And, and you know, I'm not going to have an answer by the end of this podcast because we're damn near the end of it right now anyway. Um, but it, it, it it's hard to be able to say, like, I'm just going to write this person off and never talk to them again. No, because I think you need to do exactly what you fucking just told me. And you're absolutely right. But how do I go about it? You know, I don't I don't know how to I we we talk when I say talk regularly. I mean, like, you know. DM back and forth here or there. Not much recently at all. We would text once in a while. When I'm when we're at like family reunions and stuff, he's someone who I talk to all the time, have great laughs with. I've had so many memorable times with this person. Um but it's it's hard for me to think how am I just gonna call him up out the blue and be like, Hey, let's talk about the fact that I heard you said this, you know? I think that's automatically the wrong. I think you have to let the world. I I feel like the, I feel like I have to let yeah the opportunity present itself. So with that being said, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, gonna bake go, on it so bad though, and it's gonna it's gonna boil your blood. It is, but eventually, being the person that I am, I know that I will forget about it <laughs> after I don't talk to him for long enough until. I hear from him. Okay. And when I hear from him, then I'm going to find the way to say, we need to, we should talk about this, but I need to work it into the conversation just right. And it's just hard. Um, I think your Mitch did the best. And I really like need to go with that. If my mom's asking to talk to me, I need to 
listen and give cues to ask why. Yeah, I mean, I break that down. Yeah, when Mitch explained it, how he talked with his relative about it, it was, you know, he was like, okay, but let's unpack why you feel that way. And like, I think there is a lot there, but you have to have the patience to be able to do it. Um, and you have to keep your cool. And I think that's something neither you or I are good at. Uh-uh. Like I said, I'm like, I'm, I'm very calm. I'm very whatever. And like, even in situations in life that aren't about this, you know, let's say I'm at the bar and some guy's acting like a fucking asshole. I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm calm. I'm calm. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to say, Hey, you know, you need to chill out, whatever, yada, 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 but I'm going to stay cool. I'm going to stay calm. You're still in my face. Okay. Now I'm fucking punching you. Now I'm beating you up in a bar. And I, I went from zero to 100 real fucking fast. And I'm that way just arguing with people too. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you're a fucking idiot. Um, I can tell you why I feel this way and see if that's also why you feel that way. I'm not good at arguing back. I'm not good at defense or like... um debating so like i'm not good at like holding facts or anything like that so that's why i hate fighting and confrontation because i get so emotional about it like i basically become dumb i'm i would say i'm actually pretty my parents would say this for sure i'm pretty good at arguing a point um and 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 i know i am i'm 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 good at arguing a point the problem is is that people have to be willing to listen and right now, no one wants to listen. Everyone. And and when I argue a point, I listen to someone else. Now, don't get me wrong. As I'm listening, I'm sitting there thinking, is this right? No, that's wrong. <laughs> and if that's wrong, this is how I'm going to argue it. But if they present a point that I'm like, oh, then I'll say it. I'll be like, okay, I hadn't thought about it like that. This has nothing to do with the entirety of this podcast. I'm just talking about arguing in general. Um, but... I'm I'm good at listening to people I feel like and then understanding where they're coming from and then understanding if I'm in the wrong and if I'm not in the wrong being able to break down to them why they're in the wrong. I feel like I am good at that to some degree, but that's because I'm willing to listen and think and the other party has to be willing to listen and think. And I feel like more and more now People are not willing to listen and think. They just want to argue, argue, argue. And they're just going to beat you over the head with their opinions until you give in. And I have some friends who, obviously not on issues regarding race and stuff, but on other things that we don't see eye to eye on. And I just don't talk to them about things like that. Because I'm just like, it's not worth it. Because they're going to argue with me until I'm blue in the fucking face trying to explain my point because they don't want to actually hear my side. They just want to force their side on me. You can tell the difference between somebody that's listening to you when you argue and somebody that just like, they're almost like fighting for each word. Right. After I'm, I don't know. I just, I get so my emotions take over me and I, I like literally stop processing and I can tell you I stop listening as well, yeah. but I can't even process. Wh- I forget why I'm mad and I, but I just know I'm mad. Oh yeah. I and mean, I once- forget all facts and I, and this is an argument and a, a conversation that has to be fact driven. Yeah. And you also have to be responsive. Like I have to, okay, you say that instead of me just hitting you with the subject I knew I brought to this conversation, I also need to ask why. And yeah. engage and break that up. So I'm going to write a letter. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, I told her this a long time ago. 
and then we got really into the protests and then I went back to work. Um, so I did not write her a letter and she was upset. She was like, I've been waiting for the letter. And I was like, honestly, the least of my priorities for my racist ass fucking family. <laughs> I think though writing a letter is a good idea because the thing is, is she has to read every word you say. And she has to sit there and the words have to go into her head. She has to process them and think about them as she's reading them. And she can't just cut you off. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you, if and I honestly prefer a lot of times in arguments with people to have it via text or via like a written form because it takes a lot of the um, emotion out of the room if you can formulate in a constructive way what you're trying to say that doesn't come because in the moment you're just like yeah 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 and just your tone alone can can put someone off so Mm -hmm. when there's no tone and you're just kind of breaking it down and you're writing it in a respectful way that doesn't come across as you attacking them but showing why you're concerned about things and why you're concerned that they're not concerned about these same things then I feel like that's a more presentable way for people to deal with things. Tony, can you be my ghostwriter? Because I don't even know how to start this. Cons- I'll, I'll help you write the letter. You, we, we could sit down and do it. I, the good, the thing is, I have so many like angles. I'm like, this is why I'm pissed off at you. This is why I'm pissed off at you. This is. It's not just about a Trump thing. It's a bunch of things, and I just don't know how to even organize and construct that. Because I think I am a good writer. That fucking letter I wrote to my company saying fucking. Step up was impactful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can write a persuasive letter. Yeah. Um, I just don't even know where to start. Yeah. No. Well, I'll just hire you to be a ghostwriter. Okay, I'll, I'll ghostwrite it for you. <laughs> it's going to be like, what do you mean that you hated growing up in Seattle? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry. The fucking, the, uh, the writer I uh, bought off of Craigslist got it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, the wrong notes. Uh, uh, well, thanks for listening to me and having no conclusion. And I hope that we didn't turn anybody off from our political rant. But I think everybody's feeling this. I think so, too. And I think this was like a necessary conversation to be had. And I think coming away at the end of it without having like a conclusion to a lot of these questions we've got is OK, because that's all part of like learning and growing. Um, but on that note. If you a racist, stop listening to my podcast. <laughs> Fuck you. And on a side note, still accepting uh, Malin bride application. <laughs> yes. Mail, mail order uh, husband and bride here. Um, yeah. I mean, we're not interested in a thruple. So if you're in a country that you're thinking that, like, that's never going to work for us. But, um, <laughs> but like, if, if, if there's two people from, like, Paris, you know, that are looking for uh, companions. We would love to go there. Um, we'll set up a list of what we're willing to go and where we're not. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>